prayer and all of these things we want want to be faithful to praying for. Turn with me to the one of the last books of the Bible, the book of Third John. Uh, Revelation's the last book. Turn left, the little tiny book of Jude, and then the little tiny book of Third John, the third epistle of John. And I want to draw your attention to a phrase. We looked at this um, passage of Scripture last week, I believe it was, but uh, the Lord has brought my attention to another part of this little chapter. And we won't read the entire entirety of the chapter, but just the first few verses together. The third epistle of John. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, whom I truly love. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. How many of you are here when we talked about that Christmas wish, your soul prospered? For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I want to draw your attention there to verse 6. There's a little phrase there, a long phrase, the second half of the verse. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. And I've highlighted, underlined that entire phrase, but I want you to think for a moment about this thought. Forward on their journey. Forward on their journey. You and I have a great responsibility and a great opportunity in life to help bring people forward on their journey. Now it's amazing, that's a seemingly little insignificant thought that John is writing about, but that really is a key thought in this chapter. Really, this whole chapter is centered on that verse. That's the central theme. It looks to be a passing comment, but it is a central theme of this chapter, of this little letter. Because Paul, John is writing uh, to Gaius, and he's encouraging him for his faithfulness in the ministry, but he's also challenging him to help bring people forward. Because there are enough people in the church who instead of bringing people forward, stop people from moving forward. And so really the central thought is centrally placed in the letter, but it is also centrally themed. That this man Gaius, and it's written for our benefit, we, you and I, might be fellow helpers of the truth. And the way we do that is by helping to bring people forward. And I love this. It says, if thou shalt bring, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of those words of our Savior. Well done. Now, can I just say, you won't ever hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant, until your race is finished. Now, we look for those words now, and it's not a bad thing to encourage one another, but we like to hear that. We want to hear that. We desperately want to hear it. And I want, ultimately, 
What good is it if I hear it occasionally along life, but ultimately I don't hear it when I stand before the Lord Jesus? Ultimately, I want the Lord, I want to hear those words, well done, finished, you've done it well. And John writes to give us some instruction about how we can receive that kind, that kind of an approval from our Lord. If you do this, thou shalt do well. I'd like to hear well done. So how do we do well? If thou bring forward on their journey. A couple of thoughts and observations. An obvious one, an obvious thought is that we are all on a journey, aren't we? We're all being moved on. I love hearing Tommy Wall, love sitting down with Tommy and hearing him talk about the old traveling days. Travelers and gypsies, if you, if you know, have a culture and a past, especially in the past, a culture of traveling from one place to the next, hence the name traveler. And it used to be that they'd find a lay-by along the road or even just a grassy patch along the side of the road. They'd pull off with their horse and wagon and they would, they would camp for a while. Maybe they'd find a disused field somewhere and uh, they would spend some time there uh, working in, in that area, in that locality for a long, as long as they could. After many years, the government made some changes and adjustments and, and now have made it illegal. And that has caused a lot of trouble. A lot of travelers are not able to do what they feel is in their blood, to travel from place to place. And in fact, if you've ever wondered, I've oftentimes wondered early when I came to this country, why there were laybys that were blocked off. Why do they have these piles, heaps of stone and these big concrete things? That, what's the point of having a layby if you're going to block it off? I later learned from Tommy they did that because of us, Tommy said, to keep us from traveling. And they made a law that travelers could only stay, they could be moved on within 24 hours. And that put a stop to a lot of traveling. But can I tell you the same way that travelers, it was in their blood to, to travel from place to place, and the challenge that they face of being moved on is the same challenge you, you and I face. Do you know life has its way of moving us on? And I don't mean moving us from one place physically, but I'm talking about from one place spiritually, one place to the next, we get moved on. And sometimes we don't want to be moved on. Sometimes we, we would rather stay right where we are, but sometimes God has a way of using circumstances to move us. And I don't mean physically, but I mean spiritually. I thank God for the times He's moved me. He's brought me from where I was to where I am. Now, I'm, I'm mindful that if God has moved me, and He's used sometimes tragedy, and He's used sometimes difficult things to move me, I'm mindful that I probably have some more moving to go. We all understand that we're all moving. Movement is the law of life. In fact, if you don't move, you die. That's just a reality. Most of the world is aware of this, and they're busy, busy, moving, 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 because they know if they stop for a moment, something's not right. The trouble with many people isn't, isn't get going and moving. The problem is they don't know where they're moving to, and they don't know where they're going. And so what we're, what we're hearing from John is that we have a responsibility to help move people along in the right way, in the right direction. Heard the illustration of a boat. And a boat is interesting. You need two things really to navigate a boat. You need a propeller and a rudder. A propeller moves the boat forward and a rudder directs where the boat goes. We have a responsibility. 
with the, with the work of God's Spirit to help people be moved along. Let's talk for just a moment. We are moving, but where are we moving to? You should be moving forward. Are you moving? And not just are you moving, but are you moving in the right direction? And are you helping to move others forward in the right way? Do you know I've seen a lot of people hinder young Christians rather than help them? I can think of a few thoughts that come to mind that really crush and hinder young believers rather than help them. Young believers constantly are looking for someone uh, to, to, to guide them, looking for someone physically who they can see demonstrated how to live the Christian life. And sometimes we don't give them the right kind of example, do we? Sometimes we don't point them in the right direction. Sometimes we give them bad advice. And the reason we give them bad advice is because we are not hearing the right advice ourselves from God's Spirit. I've heard of believers sitting and criticizing other believers and other ministries and other things in the presence of new believers and you don't realize how you're damaging them. I can remember Emory was helping a couple of years ago. Emory was helping some new believers. He went along to their house for a barbecue or something and he came back and he said, I was very bothered because it was one big criticism session. And he was bothered that here were new believers and some other believers and all they did the whole time was criticize. And it was a total waste of time. And not just a waste of time. Instead of helping people move forward, many of those people were drugged back. You have a responsibility as a child of God to move forward yourself and to help bring others forward. Look at the text with me. John says, Beloved, if you remember, we looked at this a moment uh, a week ago. Thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers who have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. The real question to begin with is this. Are you moving forward? Because if you're not moving forward, you have no hope of moving anybody else forward. In fact, if you're not going forward, you can't bring anybody forward. That's common sense. If you yourself are not moving forward in your Christianity, then you are not bringing anybody forward. And John encourages Gaius by saying, there is evidence that he was moving forward. He is moving forward. He encourages him by what he hears. Uh, I love you in the truth. Um, you are pro- your soul is prospering. Your soul is moving forward. Uh, he talks about how he walks in truth, how he is faithfully loving the brethren and strangers. So he acknowledges that he is moving forward. And now he says, I want you to take it a step further. I see that you you are moving forward. Now it's time that you help someone else move forward. Now I want you to look here this way for a second. Number one, ask yourself, are you moving forward? Are you growing? Are you advancing in your own walk with Christ? Do you know more of His presence and sense more of His leading and His guiding? If so, the next step for you is to help somebody else move forward. I've learned a long time ago that it will help you continue to move forward if you're bringing someone with you. Are you? Now, what does it mean? 
I love this. I love the way God in his wisdom uh, guides us through his word. If thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort. The truth is you, you will bring people somewhere. If you spend any time, any amount of time with somebody, you will bring them somewhere. And the sad reality is I have probably in the past brought people to the wrong place in their Christian life. Either by my example, by my reactions, by my uh, bad advice. I have, I have probably misguided and brought people in the wrong way. And John says to Gaius, the way to bring people forward properly is to do it after a godly sort. Or literally, bring them forward in a way that's worthy of God. Now, you and I have got to ask ourselves, number one, am I moving forward? Is, is the way that I'm moving, we're all moving, is the way that I'm moving worthy of God? Is it worthy of the, to bear the name God? Is it worthy for me to say, God is moving me? Or had I better just leave that off because the direction I'm heading is not a godly direction? And not just that, but now I want to bring somebody forward in a godly way. I think we miss this. We, most of us sense that we need to help people. And so we do this by saying, let's, let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's go. Uh, kick a football around, let's watch a football match. And you know what we do? We get together and all we do is waste time. Well, because it's not a waste of time. Just spend, We're spending quality time together. It's not quality time if it's not godly time. Sorry. It's wasted time. Remember that, remember that New Year's resolution from Jonathan Edwards? I'm resolved not to waste one moment, but to improve upon it. And so John says, let's bring people forward after a godly sort. I want to bring someone, I want to take maybe one of these young lads, one of these teenagers, one of these young preachers, I want to take them beneath my arm, spiritually speaking, and bring them on a godly fashion, on a godly path. That's what is required of us. When you stand before God, he's going to say to you, he's going to say to me, what did you do to help bring forward my children? What good is it if you reach the end of your race, wipe the sweat off your brow, say, I made it. I did the best first place in the Christian marathon. But you're alone. You're alone. Are you laboring to help? Bring, listen, God's Spirit does prompt us. We just aren't listening. A dear brother was prompted by God's Spirit to speak to me on Sunday, and he was used mightily of God to help me. But if you don't obey his prompting, I say at least twice since Sunday, some of you have either texted me or emailed me uh, to encourage me, and God used you to help bring me on. But if you don't listen to God's spirit, when he says him, her, then you miss out on the opportunity to help bring people along in a godly sort. Now, I will no longer, I want you to hear me. In fact, look this way. I will no longer listen to someone tell me, I want to serve, but I just don't know what to do. Does God's spirit only speak to me? Does he not speak to you? Do you not have the same Holy Spirit that I do and the same Word of God that I do? 
There is work to be done. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to encourage somebody. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to help somebody. Maybe you heard something in the prayer requests or in the notices and your heart was burdened. Well, obey the prompting of God. Do you know one of our problems is one of our problems today is this? We are not spiritually minded. I was in the Netherlands last week, as you know, and I met with a dear brother who the Lord is using there in a special way. And he was telling me, how many of you met them? Uh, they, were, they visited with us, Willem and uh, Saskia, the dear family. And uh, another family that, was, uh, that came, Pierre, by the way, I want to encourage you. Pierre uh, came to know the Lord Jesus as his Savior. He gives testimony that happened while he was here in Oxford that week. And you may remember that he was here uncertain about it all. And, and uh, Lake Kim was Adam after him, as you, as you know, and, and many others. But the Lord saw fit to save his soul that week. And he's a different man. Wonderful. But do you know uh, God was working and, and, um, and uh, uh, one of Pierre's children was experiencing some extreme stomach problems. Doctors said there's no problem at all. They couldn't figure it out. And, and the two men said, well, maybe this is spiritual. Let's pray. And they knelt together and prayed. And since that time, the child has experienced no more pain. And let me tell you what some of our problem is. Sometimes we are so intelligent and so theological that we're not willing to be spiritual. And we just say, oh, that's indigestion. That's a bad sausage. Instead of recognizing we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's a real enemy that hates us. And wants to afflict us. And on the other side of that, just the same way we don't recognize spiritual darkness at work, but we blame it on other nonsense. We also don't recognize spiritual light. God moves and he blesses and he does something and we don't want to give glory to God. It's just life. I'm glad that happened. Did you praise God? I get, I get so excited when I hear Huey talk about his grandson. Because Huey knows. That God did that. God did that. We should be like that. That's what Jesus meant when he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. Bringing people forward after a godly sort. I am not a fan of Charles Darwin at all, but uh, one, one report says that Darwin found something interesting when studying a particular species of butterfly. And one particular species of butterfly, he found that the larva or larvae, however you say it, was actually more advanced in its different processes and systems than the finished product of a butterfly. The butterfly was more beautiful, more attractive, but the larvae had internal systems and things that were a bit more advanced. Do you know what I got to thinking about that? I wonder how many times... Someone is born again by the Spirit of God and they're in that infant stage as a new Christian like a larva. And they're actually more mature, more in tune to the Spirit of God, more sensitive to God's Word than when they become more sophisticated and they spread their wings and are beautiful on the outward appearance. But they've become actually, they've stepped backwards internally. It's the same way thinking... I was thinking recently about the Mayflower, the early pilgrim fathers of America across the Atlantic in the, in the Mayflower. Years later, there were other more advanced ships. People, shipbuilders learned how to make ships stronger and better and more luxurious and more comfortable. The Mayflower, there's nothing comfortable about it. Everybody was seasick. Everybody thought they were going to die. More 
More fast forward into the early 20th century. There was another ship that made the same journey, the Mauritania. The Mayflower versus the Mauritania. If you were to get on the Mauritania, it was much more comfortable. Much bigger cabin. A much smoother ride. Many more options of fine drinks and fine foods. But do you know the difference? The Mayflower made it from this country to America by prayer and seeking God. Desperately crying out to God. You could hear the voices of singing of hymns over the waters as they carefully uh, transpired their time singing and praising God. Whereas when the Mauritania reached the States, you know what had to happen? There were police officers waiting because of the drunken criminal activity that took place on that ship that was more comfortable, more advanced. Make no mistake about it. Being more advanced doesn't mean you're more godly. Just because we have turf down rather than standing in weeds up to our hips on this field doesn't mean we have, we have progressed and moved forward. Just because we have a, a warehouse heater rather than the old patio heaters run by calorie gas doesn't mean we've moved forward. It might mean we've moved backwards. Are we moving forward after a godly sort and are we bringing others forward? Quickly, very quickly in closing, how? How do we help bring people forward and bring ourselves? Let me give you a couple of verses that coincide with this thought of bringing people forward. Acts 21. Let me give it to you. Acts chapter 21. The apostle Paul records some of his journeys and he tells us in verse number five, I'll just cut straight to the chase. And when we had accomplished those days, verse four, finding disciples, we tarried there seven days who said to Paul through the spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And when we had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way, and they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city. And we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. Paul gives testimony of how these people helped bring them on to the next place. But do you know what? They couldn't move forward until certain days were accomplished. It takes a bit of Christian discernment, spiritual discernment to recognize that God is trying to accomplish in some, something in somebody's life at the particular stage they're at right now. And they cannot be moved forward until it is accomplished. Sometimes we try to rush it. We rush the process. We want to get them out and move them forward and get them in a church and put a crown on their head and Bible under their arm and a tie around their neck and give them all sorts of titles. And they're not ready because the days have not been accomplished. So it requires spiritual discernment. And by the way, the Apostle Paul testifies that there were other people that the Spirit of God was speaking through to help move them on his way. I'm a fool if I don't recognize God uses you to speak to me. That's what happened here. That's exactly what happened here. Tarried there seven days who said to Paul, certain disciples said to Paul, through the Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem. And when we had accomplished those days, we departed. Then we were moved on our way. Right now, right now, before you can move on, something has to be accomplished. And right now, the person you're trying to move along, I, I, God's trying to help us now with this thought of moving people along after a godly sort. Let's not be in such a rush that they miss out on the things that need to be accomplished. Spiritual discernment. Something else. Romans 15. Again, another, another thought about moving people along. Uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse number 24. Uh, verse 23. And now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, 
Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to, to be brought on my way thitherward by you if first I be somewhat filled with your company. How do we bring people along forward on their Christian journey after a godly sort? Number one, recognize something has to be accomplished. Every move has a purpose. Every next step has a purpose. Paxton, sit down. Sit down there. There's something that needs to be accomplished. Secondly, people move forward after they have had their fill of you. And we've said that in a bad way sometimes, haven't we? I've had my fill of him. Have you heard that before? Maybe you've used that. Boy, I've had my fill of him. But that's actually a good thing. Meaning, while God has brought someone into your sphere of influence, you have a responsibility to fill them with all that God has given you. And when that is accomplished, then you can help them move forward. Look here for one second. God did not give you what you have just for you. He's given you something that you can put into somebody else. Something that you can impart. And that's what Paul is longing for. The Apostle Paul wants to see these people so he can be filled with them. Look at the words again. That first, before, before I am brought forward on my way by you, before you bring me forward, I want to be filled with your company. I want to be filled with you. That's sweet. Now, look here. I wonder, do people think that about you? I want, I, I want to go and spend some time with David because I, I want to get what he has. I want to, I want to go and sit down with Leanne. Something she has that I don't have and I want to get it. I want her to help me get it. That's how we help bring people along. Do you know that? That's how we help bring... We fill them with what God has filled us with. Look at another thing. Acts chapter 15. Acts 15, verses 1 to 3. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. We've got false doctrine. And therefore, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation, uh, disputation with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way, look the next three words, by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, de declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. Here's the, next, here's the next thought. How do we bring people along? We do it together. We do it together. Together as a body, we bring people along. Together as a body, we recognize, here's some dear women who are traveling all the way from Bedford every single week. Why? Just to sit here and have their ears tickled? No, they've, been, they've, brought, they've come to be brought along. That's our job and our responsibility to put our arms around them and underneath of them and help fill them with us and fill them with what we have that we might bring them along. If we don't do that, we're sinning against them. Together, they were brought along by the church. One last little thought. Titus, I love this one. Titus chapter 3. Titus thought I was talking to him there for a second. Titus chapter 3. Look at it there if you would for just a second. And uh, we'll look together just at one verse, verse 13. 
bring Zanus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey diligently, that nothing be wanting unto them. One last thought, how you bring somebody along. You do it diligently. That means carefully. That means intentionally, deliberately. Just because somebody walks into the flap of this tent doesn't mean they're going to get what they need. If we're not intentionally grabbing hold of somebody, saying, let me, let's spend some time together. Let's sharpen one another. Let me help you. Some of you men, I'm looking at two, two, three, four of you men right now. Some of you men have such a knowledge of the scriptures. Five, everywhere I look, God's given you. He's filled you with that for a reason. You need to take some of these younger men whom God has put his hand on and called, and you need to begin to diligently pour into them. I can remember uh, writing to a, a brother and his wife, or uh, some of them are even here tonight. I remember writing, uh, writing to them and saying, God has used you in my life like, like, uh, Apoll- uh, like um, Apollos was used by Priscilla and Aquila. You remember that? Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple, brought Apollos into their lives. And you remember what they did? Who remembers? What's the scripture say? Expounded the word of the Lord more perfectly. Taught them a little bit more. They saw God's hand was upon them. They saw that there were some things he needed to work on that he didn't know. It wasn't because he was a heretic or a false prophet, but he needed direction. And husband and wife took it upon themselves to bring him into their home and to help bring Apollos on his way. And we wouldn't be reading about Apollos today if it wasn't for Priscilla and Aquila. Some of you who know the Word, have been trained in the Word, studied the Word, well-seasoned in the Word, need to diligently, Paul says to Timothy, diligently bring Zenos and Apollos on their journey that nothing be wanting unto them. You make sure they have everything they need. And that's not just cheese sandwiches and a fresh full tank of gas or fuel. Diesel, pardon me. That's not what it means. But does, perhaps practically, but spiritually. You bring them forward diligently. Here's young Phoebe training in her last term at Bible college. Wanting to follow the Lord. Some of you need to take her under your wing. Uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of our children said Sunday, is this your church? She's been at, away at Bible college for two and a half years, comes home on the breaks. And uh, some of you are new, don't really know her. But she needs, we need to take some of these folks under our wing and help bring them along diligently so that nothing be wanting unto them. That's our responsibility. And we can't bring anybody forward after a godly sort, if we ourselves aren't moving forward. So by the grace of God, let us move forward and bring others forward with us and help them on the way. You and I are one piece of the puzzle. Sometimes we are so preoccupied with ourselves that we miss the opportunities to help bring people forward. You might, be, you might be the very instrument that God chooses to use to take this person up to the next step, up to the next level. Bring them forward so that they might fly. You might be the tool 
We read about Aquila and Priscilla. God used them to help bring a Paulus on to the next step. How is God using you? Paul gives credit to a load of people that helped bring him on his journey. No, not one of us. Look here, I'll close with this. None of us are here today because we did it. Do you know that? None of us. The pianist, she's not where she is on the piano because she did it. Somebody invested in her. Paul is not in the sound booth as the expert technician now because he did it himself. Somebody helped him. Somebody, God uses people to bring people along their way. I'm here today because God has used a number of different people at different stages of my life to bring me on to the next step. God has used some of you to bring me along my way, forward on my journey. And God is going to still use you to help bring me and other people forward on their journey. But if you don't know that that's exactly what God is doing and what you should be doing, then you miss those opportunities. Whatever time we have left, let's do it by God's grace. Let's pray. Father, we need thee. There is no forward progress, no meaningful forward progress without thee. You're simply circling about like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Lord, we wish not to circle around and around. We wish to move forward in a godly way, in a way that's honoring unto thee. And we wish to bring others with us and to bring just to help others forward in their walk with thee. Use us, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Let's sing our final hymn. You know, let me just say this last little thought. Sometimes we're so busy, worried about ourselves advancing that we don't think about helping others advance or, or we don't want them to advance further than us. But it might be that God wants to use you to help them advance even further than where